This is your boy, your man, Mr. Talk 718 with Talk Life. Hello, everyone. I'm Mr. Talk 718. I'm here to talk to everyone about Black History Month and the celebration of Black History Month. Did you know Black History Month began as a Negro History Week, which was created in 1926 by Carter G. Woodson? a noted African-American historian, scholar, educator, and publisher. It became a month-long celebration in 1976, the year I was born. The month of February was chosen to coincide with the birthdays of Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln. On February the 12th, 2019, the NAACP marked its 110th anniversary spurred by growing racial violence in the early 20th century, and particularly by 1908 race riots in Springfield, Illinois, a group of African-American leaders joined together to form a new permanent civil rights organization, the National Association for Advancement of Colored People. February 12, 1909 was chosen because it was a centennial anniversary of the birth of Abraham Lincoln. I'm going to tell you guys a few things. A few. I'm going to tell you about a few people, actually. Uh, like heavyweight champion Jack Johnson he became the first African-American man to hold a world championship heavyweight championship boxing title in 1908 he held onto the belt until 1950 could you believe that that was a very long time and let's talk about the first lawyer John Mercer Langston John Mercer Langston was the first black man to become a lawyer when he passed the bar in Ohio in 1854 when he was elected to post of uh, town clerk of Bruinhelm, Ohio in 1855, Langston became one of the first African-Americans ever elected to public office in America. John Mercer Langston was also the great uncle of Langston Hughes, famed poet of the Harlem Renaissance. Harlem is deep. I didn't even realize that uh, where I live at in Jacksonville, you had a lot of people who went up to Harlem and they helped form the Harlem Renaissance. And they all were Masonic brothers. We have famous protesters like Rosa Parks. She helped create a spark in the civil rights movement when she refused to give up her public bus seat. Yeah, she, she did that in Montgomery, Alabama in 1955, inspiring the Montgomery bus boycott. The lesser-known Claudette Calvin was arrested nine months prior for not giving her seat up. So just think about this. We know about Rosa Parks, but a lot of people don't know about Claudette Calvin. She was arrested for doing the same exact thing. So just know that we had a lot of black people in America that actually was out there trying to build what we call America today. But the problem I have with America today is that we're not actually living up to the standard that these ancestors actually put out and put forth for us. What are we going to do? What should we do to make our lives better? What should we do to make our lives live to the standard that these people fought? Do you know right now, being a person in New York, the young people run to the back of the bus. They don't want to sit in front of the bus not realizing how much history went how much history went to providing us 
the opportunity to sit anywhere on a bus, but we don't even realize how much conditioning we have. We have been conditioned to the point where everything that the people that came before us fought for, we're going in reverse and we're doing the things that they fought against, like sitting on the back of the bus, like using the N-word, like, you know, uh, black on black crime, like not being united, like not being the people with educations and fighting for the education, not being working class people. You know, when you think of inner city living, I know that it's more than just, uh, it's, it's more than just what you would call poverty. Because you know what? Back then, those people were living in poverty as well. You know, but they went out and they worked every day hard, hard for their families because they knew that a family that was strong will defeat any negativity or any bad thing that was, was going to happen to them if anything happened at all. You know, they fought for education. They wanted to go to school. They wanted to learn. They wanted to read. They wanted to write. They wanted to be able to worship a God, whoever God, whatever God they wanted to worship freely without being told what to do. Yet. Here we go today in 2020. You have a lot of that. It's, it's just moving in reverse, you know. Let's think about some of the good things, though, that happened throughout the years. Like we had a Supreme Court justice named Thurgood Marshall. He was the first African-American ever appointed to the U.S. Supreme Court. He was appointed by President Lyndon B. Johnson and served on the court from 1967 to 1991 tell me that ain't great y'all tell me that ain't great we have someone named george washington carver we all know the peanut man right yeah well he developed 300 derivative products from peanuts among them cheese milk coffee flour ink dye plastic wood stains soap linoleum medicinal oils and cosmetics come on y'all don't tell me that's not greatness. And I want you guys to just remember, with all that greatness, we come from greater things. You know, we always talk about kings and queens and all of that and gods and yes. So if we are giving ourselves those titles, don't you think we need to stand up to those characters? We need to be more kingly and queenly and more godly. And when I mean godly, I don't mean God in the aspect of the most high God but I mean when people look at us they look at us as the best they look at us like we're gods like we are you know the superior beings you know let's let's get ourselves back to that you know it, it doesn't make sense to not be that way when if you look at all the the things that's going on in our lives our styles our our music our sports everything our inventions we create things and people take it away and when they take it away they they are out there they're making money they're making money they're they're building wealth for their families for the future yet we are the ones who's creating these things yet we are not making any wealth behind it so we have to start thinking of ourselves in a higher light right look at this harem roads Revels was the first African-American ever elected to the U.S. Senate. He represented the state of Mississippi from February 1870 to March 1871. So that's almost a year, 
in a month, right? Don't have the specifics on what what um, dates as far as February to what to March to what, but he did a whole year in a month as the first senator of the United States. And then you think about the first woman representative, Shirley Chisholm. She was the first African-American woman elected to the House of Representatives. She was elected in 1968 and represented the state of New York. She broke ground again four years later in 1972 when she was the first major party African-American candidate and the first female candidate for president of the United States. Come on now. Come on. Come on, y'all. Come on. Look, look at the greatness, the greatness that we we come from. Yet we don't look at ourselves in the mirror and feel that way. But we should. We are greatness. We are the greatness. We are the power and we are the glory that everybody feels that they need to be a part of. You just look at the people, look at the faces of our Caucasian brothers and sisters, and you tell me if I'm going crazy or if I'm wrong. But when you look at them, don't look at them in disgust. Look at them as people who wants to emulate us. You know, look at them as people who see our beauty, our shine, our glow, and and you say to yourself, look at that. Look, look, look at how everybody want to be us. Look how everybody wants to feel like us. And it's not all white people. It's not all Asian people. It's not all Hispanic people. It's not all people. But you will see, like when we when we want to look like them, they more and more want to look like us. Don't that tell you something? That should tell us all something. That we are beauty maximized to the highest power times 10 you know so start looking at yourselves as beautiful wonderful people and I'm gonna tell everybody don't feel that you can't be a rich black brown person because you have a woman by the name of Madam CJ Walker who was born on a cotton plantation in Louisiana she became wealthy after inventing a line of African-American hair care products. She established Madam C.J. Walker Laboratories and was also known for her philanthropy. So she was out there making money and giving it away, trying to build for our people. Libraries and schools and, you know, she did those things. She did those things for us. Why haven't we taken advantage of the opportunities that our ancestors has given to us I can't tell you why I don't know now let's focus on entertainment let's think about this one so then when you know when you see entertainers that's black and they they talk about winning an Oscar just remember the first african-american Oscar winner was Hattie McDaniels in 1940 was the first African-American performer to win an Academy Award, the film industry highest honor for her portrayal of the loyal slave governess and Gone with the Wind. Now, just think about 1940 and the racism that was going on in the 1940s. We wasn't that far away from plantations, slavery. 1940, 1940. I still 
do my research on my ancestors on ancestry.com and I see a lot of my ancestors with my last name, which is 718. <laughs> they were still working on plantations. Yet we don't call it they don't call it slavery. We call it slavery. But it was still slavery even if they were being paid because they were being paid like slaves. You know what I'm saying? Because the laws have changed. The laws changed, right? So uh, slavery was supposedly abolished. So in order to keep these people as slaves, you had to pay them, right? And give them housing. And it's amazing how when I did the research on my ancestry, right? You had thousands of people on a ledger. And in this ledger, it gave you a rundown of the head of the household, kind of like a census, right? But this census was a ledger. So this this person, this owner, this boss, they had a book with the names of all the people that live in, in their in their plantation. And while on this plantation, the people, my family and some of your families were on this ledger and you would see the names of all these people. Right. And they were out there. They were doing the, the work. They was out there putting the work in, getting the work, right? And they did it because they needed to support their families. We need to get back to that. And education is no excuse. Education is no excuse. We need to be out there building family, building families, building wealth, building educations for our generations to come because Honestly, it doesn't look too good for the black and brown people of America at the rate we're going. I'm going to give you a sports athlete, the first professional black baseball player. On April 5th, 1947, Jackie Robinson became the first African-American to play Major League Baseball when he joined the Brooklyn Dodgers. I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> Ain't that something? And... The area that the Brooklyn Dodgers actually played was in a neighborhood called Ebbetsville. Now, where Ebbetsville lays at right now in Brooklyn is probably one of, if not the most hood area. You know, you have big buildings with a lot of people real close to Franklin Avenue and Eastern Parkway and it's not one of the safest neighborhoods, you know, uh, with gentrification more than likely is going to change. But when I was last there five years ago, it wasn't a, a safe neighborhood to, to go to, you know, and I'll tell you one, one more thing. Now, when you came off the train off of Franklin, you can make uh, matter of fact, get off the train at Eastern Parkway. You make a left to go one way and you make a right to go the other way. Right. If you go left, you're going to the hood. If you go right, you're going to the, you know, the good neighborhood, right? We have to do better. We have to be able to know that we can walk through our communities. We can walk through our neighborhoods anywhere in America where there's black people. And this is going to be open with love and it's going to be open with 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 happiness and, and joy. Right. But you can't do that because we have this thing about us where we need to pull each other down or hold each other down when we should be actually pulling each other up that's a problem but back to jackie robinson 
He became the first African-American to play in the Major League Baseball when he joined the Brooklyn Dodgers. He led the league in stolen bases that season and was named Rookie of the Year. Ain't that something? Now let's get into more modern people. Let's get into the first billionaires. Before Oprah Winfrey and Michael Jordan joined the billionaire club, Robert Johnson, the first African-American billionaire, when he sold the cable station, he founded Black Entertainment Television, BET, in 2001. And who he sold that to was Viacom. Viacom is the owner of uh, companies like MTV, CMT. If you if you know anything about um, cable TV, Viacom is is a is a big player in, in United States cable cable TV. MTV was one of the biggest uh, music video stations in the world. Then they changed the format, but just think about this: He sold his company, which was a prominent company. And became the first billionaire black in America. Now, let's get on to the first black president. We all know who that was. That was Mr. Barack Obama, president. He became the first black president of the United States. And that's deep. That's dope. You know, we went out and we voted for this man. And we went out in droves. But I want to tell everybody this, while we're talking about Barack Obama, as black people, we have two things that we're doing wrong. One, and this is Black History Month, you want your neighborhoods to get better, you want to get rid of the gentrification, you want to, you want to put money into your neighborhoods, you have to answer the door to the census takers. They don't care about who live with you, but they need to know. They don't care if you're a felon. If you have a boyfriend that's a felon, if you got 20 dogs, if you have five cats, eight people living in a one bedroom apartment, they don't care about that. They need to do a head count of how many people live in a specific neighborhood so that the funds can be appropriated to each neighborhood correctly. So what I want to tell everyone, when you get a chance and them people knock on your door, please feel free. Please feel free to answer your door and, and just talk to these people. It takes about 10 minutes. They have a job to do, you know, and if you need your neighborhood to get better, get better schools, libraries, streets, street lights. I mean, I don't care what part of America you live in. If you live in rural America, if you live in the slums, if you live in, in urban America, if you live in the suburbs, if you live in metropolitan America, the only way we're gonna get money into our communities is by taking a census and two we gotta vote believe it or not african americans we are the ones who actually make or break a politician's career because our vote is the most needed vote right so if they keep you home because they're feeding you lies about what's going on then you have to do your homework and your research and you have to do a little bit of digging to find out if this person or that person is for you. You know what I'm saying? We have to do this because if we don't, we will always be down at the bottom. We will always be looking up, saying to ourselves, we don't believe in voting because nothing is happening in our neighborhoods. Remember, if you do the census and you vote, you will see a dramatic change. 
you have to be able to understand when you vote if there's someone that you don't like you have to vote them out we have the power to enhance anything and we have the power to make things bad you know for people so remember let's do it the right way let's vote let's take the census and let's get serious about the things that's going on in our in our communities in our lives as black people you want to celebrate black history month that's fine but let's celebrate black history life that's every single day talk life right this is talk life right this is talk life right you're talking to mr 718 you're listening to Mr. 718. Mr. 718 is talking to you to tell you some things that's going to be very important for us if we are trying to succeed in this country we call United States of America. I want to tell you, the black population of the United States in 1870 was 4.8 million. In 2018, the number of black residents of the United States was 43.8 million. Come on now. You know what we got to do. I mean, with, with the amount of people we have, we have the highest buying power. We might not have the money, but we always out there buying, right? So why not buy the communities that we live in? You think about gentrification. Now, I'm, I'm getting off a topic because this is Black History Month, right? And my job is to give you information to help you better your life as black people so we can have a black history life. Everything... Everything that we do should be about black life, right? Didn't they make a group called Black Lives Matter? Well, let's think about black lives mattering while we're still alive. So we can make our next generation know that a black history month means a little bit. But a black history life. And when I say black history life, looking at the history of black people all year round. Right. So now, like I was saying, we need to mobilize we need to get together we need to unify we need to hold hands we need to get a little radical i'm not saying going out and killing anybody but we have to do things that have not that have not been done in a hundred years we have to do things that is totally against the norm we have to do things that's going to allow our communities to last for generations. Generationally, we need to do these things. We need to have things for our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. Do you not know that the people who live in America that are not black, they are setting things up for generations? Isn't it a shame and a crime that we don't have black people that can run for president every year every four years don't you think that we should be in a situation now in america where we have our voice heard every single day and not just every 10 to 15 years we put a lot into america we have done everything in america we have made people billionaires we have made people millionaires we have made people comfortable enough that they don't have to ever worry about being hungry, yet we're being hungry. 
we can't afford to pay a light gas bill because we are working paycheck to paycheck. We need to get this thing together. We need to get this black love together. We got to get this black love right. We got to get this black love right for our generations because if we don't, we are going to be stuck in the dirt forever. Ever. Right? So what do you think we should do? Because Mr. Talk 718, I have a few ideas. Let's pull our resources. Let's block that. Let's buy black. Let's get educated. Let's go to school. Let's open up our own schools. They did it here in Florida. They have a school uh, that I was I just learned about this uh, about what, three or four days ago. There, there's a school that was in Florida called uh, Black School One or Negro School One. No. It was called Color School 1 and Colored School 2. Black people, they came together and said, we need to educate and teach our children. We need to do that. We need to pull our resources. And I'm not saying anything against anybody else. But what I'm saying is, for me and for my people, we need to start doing things that's going to bring generational wealth so that our children don't have to suffer. So they don't have to say black people have $50 in their bank account and that's all they really have. Because even if you do have more than $50, $100, $1,000, $10,000, that percentage is low. It's less than 1%. So what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? You have a lot of organizations out there that's trying to do the best. We need to help each other. We need to pull each other up and not hold each other down. Yes, we always say, I'm going to hold her down. I'm the one going to hold her down. We don't need to hold each other down because holding each other down is keeping us stagnant. We need to pull each other up. We need to see each other and say, hey, brother, hey, sister, here's a hand. Come on, get up. I had a friend like that. He's now my brother. He pulled me up. I was doing bad one year and he pulled me up and he was like, yo, bro, I got you. And guess what? Once he did that, I was good. He pulled me up. We have to pull each other up. You know, a lot of us are people of different religions, different faiths. Some are atheists. You know what? Let's not let that divide us. Let our common interests bring us together. Let us love each other. Let us feel each other. Let us be one. Let us unite. Yeah, I'm saying the same words over and over and over because you know what? This is so serious to me. You know, thinking about Black History Month and looking at our ancestors and seeing what they have done, looking at our, our brothers and sisters that's still here and seeing what they've done and what they have done, you know, Yes, it's nice to help Africa, but we have people right here in America that needs help. Let's help each other so that we can all go and help Africans in Africa. That's like Oprah Winfrey opening schools in Africa. Oprah, come to America and open a school. You are big enough to do it. We have all these entertainers out here. Let's build a black community. Not to say we need to be segregated, but 
you can't move into certain neighborhoods in America because if you do, they're going to kick you out or they're going to give you problems because racism is still strong here. Black History Month is not Black History Month to me. Black History Month is just another month because I celebrate black excellence every single day. From my elders to our current, from my family to my friends' families. I want to say my hero is my mom, BRW. She know what that means. She's my hero. You know why? Because she came from something and she fell and she got back up. So that lets me know that there's nothing that we do in this world that have to keep us down. We can all stand up if we choose to. But once you stand up, just remember, when you look back, there's a brother or a sister that's behind you that needs some support. Believe it or not, churches aren't the only thing that we can use to help each other. It can be a one-on-one thing. Anyway, my time is up. This is Mr. Talk 718 with Talk Life. And I just want to say to everybody out there, I love you guys. And I just, I'm very passionate about my people. I love my people. I love everyone, but I love my people. And until we get it in our minds that it will take all of us to make this world respect us, then we're going to be stuck and we're going to always have a Black History Month and not a Black History Life. Talk life.